listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now your hosts, Scott and Miles. Your table is ready. We've long and This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is Sci-Fi Diner Conversations, episode 80. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. We're here to talk about all sorts of sci-fi that you're watching, that we're watching, that you're into, that we're trying to get you to convince us that we're into. And uh, Right. Yeah, it's, it's a whole, the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. So, Miles, how in the heck are you? Uh, doing fine. Um, joined some of the... Joined, uh, First hour of Defiance. I still have to get watched the last hour. We're going to talk about Defiance tonight, aren't we? We are going to talk about Defiance because some of you uh, have seen it also. Uh, a lot of you are checking out uh, Who, Grimm, and uh, Being Human also. And Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Which a show that I heard about and then forgot about, and now people are bringing to my attention. And I don't know if it's one I'm going to watch right now, but maybe this summer. Yeah, not, that I've heard a little from information about it. I'm... I'm, I'm I might have to check it out myself. Yeah, might have. Maybe as a Hulu, I'll have to check it out. Although BBC isn't notorious for putting their stuff in Hulu. Oh, so. uh, okay. So we'll see somewhere along that line. But mm-hmm. uh, So, Miles, uh, what's on your bedstand? Uh, I am reading a new Star Trek novel by uh, Greg Cox. Um, and unfortunately, the title of it eludes me at the moment. But um, he called the planet that it's taking place on Ephrata. It's an Earth colony. Okay. Yeah. So uh, being that we're kind of in Ephrata ourselves. Right, and, right. Right now we're sitting in uh, my address for this house is Ephrata. So. so I thought that was kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting that you yeah. do that. Um, it sounded a bit odd that I was asking you what's in your bedroom or beside your bedstand. I, but I, I assume you meant you're asking yeah, me what so I was reading. asking you what you read. So just get your mind. Everyone get their minds out of the gutter. Come on right now. Right. Come on, people. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, I'm still in Game of Thrones. I said that forever in this show. I'm actually about five hours from finishing it because I listened to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that should be done by the time I chat with you guys again. Um, I'm also, the other thing that's distracting me right now is I'm going through the second season of Leviathan Chronicles. By the way, it's awesome, Miles. I um, mm-hmm. They, of course, enabled you as you, if you listen to our interview with Christoph, you were able to buy the entire second season, or at least half of the second season, mm-hmm. um, before they released it in podcast form. So I, so, I don't have to wait. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if, I mean, those of us who are haven't bought it, we have to wait every two weeks for a new episode. Yeah, and it's absolutely a, a, a phenomenal episode. And there is bonus content, because I did listen to the first episode in podcast and then bought it and re-listened to it, and it, it's different. They add some stuff. They flesh out the characters a bit more. Not that you, you have to buy it, but it just adds another dimension, something in there extra mm-hmm. for people that are out, that are willing to shell out the 20 bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving serious thought to buying it. There, there's also one more uh, special edition episode uh that that that's on there too that I wanted to get to, 
So yeah, Leviathan Chronicles is awesome if you haven't li- listened to that yet. Yeah, definitely awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I'm just watching some regular stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about um, what some of you, our listeners, are into right now. And we got a voicemail from our good friend in England, Colin. And uh, he actually got a chance to see Oblivion, which I don't believe is out yet in the U.S., but they Mm -hmm. get it maybe a little bit earlier. So these are his thoughts as he saw Oblivion. Colin is with which podcast again? He is with the Trek News and Views uh, podcast. Yeah, and so if you haven't done so, make sure you check that out. But Mm -hmm. this is what Colin had to say about Oblivion. Hi, Scott. Hi, Miles. It's Colin. I thought I'd send my uh, thoughts in on Oblivion. Which I recently watched. Um, now, obviously, there's going to be spoilers, people, so you might want to jump ahead about four or five minutes if you don't want to be spoiled. So, to Oblivion, um, set in the world after Earth has been attacked by an alien civilization, I think most people have gathered that from the trailers. And Tom Cruise is essentially a maintenance worker who keeps drones flying that are guarding machines that are harvesting the world's resources to take to an off-world colony on Titan, where humanity has fled to because the Earth has been devastated by the war. Uh, He works along with his partner, and it's beautifully directed by Joseph Kaczynski, I think that's how you say it, the man behind Tron Legacy, who also wrote the graphic novel that it's based on. So he kind of helps that he's doing it because he has his... uh, vision in his head shall we say uh, it's beautifully shot Tom Cruise's gyrocopter is wonderfully animated everything is completely believable uh, people are expecting to see uh, Morgan Freeman in it for a lot he's not he's in it for about 10 minutes if you put all these bits together uh, but hey it's Morgan Freeman <laughs> but uh, all through the film Tom Cruise is having these like dreams um, of another woman, even though he's with a woman in the film. But he keeps dreaming of this other woman, and that's part of the, the, the plot devices as you go through it. Um, it's an integral part of it. He's basically fighting a war with what they call scavs. Um, and his job is to keep the scavs away from the robots so the robots can harvest the earth to send to the off-world colony. And it's all controlled by this giant device... Uh, which is called the Tet. And this is where he thinks or he perceives that all humans are. And that's where he starts getting twisted. Um, because all oh, is not as it seems, but it never is in science fiction films. It's nothing that hasn't done before in other science fiction films, but it's, the way it's done is, is well done. The way it's shot is well shot. And you invest in the characters, so therefore you care about the characters, so therefore you care what happens to the characters, which is always what you want in a film, because if you don't care about the characters, you're not going to care about the film. And you do care about the characters in this film. You do, like, you know, want them to succeed. Um, Some of the people from that cinema when he came out didn't, were saying that they didn't understand it, but uh, sci-fi lovers tend to uh, latch onto these things and solve them pretty quickly in our head. So I, I personally solved it quite easily, uh, but I do defy anyone, and this is a big spoiler, I do defy anyone who sees the end of the film and does not think of 2001, because I certainly did. But uh, I would recommend this film. Uh, the controller of Tom Cruise and his female partner does get a bit um, 
grating because she's like, you know, when you go to like Disney World or something and everyone's happy, smiley, uh, always on the ups, you know, the staff who work there and they're all like, you know, constantly smiling and constantly happy and constantly on the bright side of life. That's what the controller of Tom Cruise and his co-worker is like. Uh, she's called Sally. Uh, and that's another hint, 2001, think about it. Uh, but Sally gets really crazy because she's always chipper. But man, would you like to nuke her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it. I'd recommend it. Uh, it's two hours long. It's, it's decent science fiction. It's wonderful eye candy. Um, and it's a great ensemble cast that you know you enjoy watching and you do invest in. So there you go. Until next time, guys. Live long and podcast. Well, thank you, Colin, for that actually awesome review. It makes me want to go see the movie. I, I love Colin's movie reviews. They're they're thorough. They're well thought out. I mm-hmm. mean, what more can you ask for in a in a movie review? Really, right? And he's British too. And that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Anything you say that kind of stand out for you? Um, what he did, the, the illusions of 2001 he, he, were interesting. So uh, it's been a long time since I've seen 2001. So maybe I see 2001 before I see this movie. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that, that stuck out. I mean, he, he did say a lot of the themes have been explored before, but. That's you know, but it was still well done though. You know, still talking about two thousand one. I mean, mm-hmm. how many? There are so many movies that reference that. Mm-hmm. Uh, constantly go back to. I mean, funny movies like Zoolander, all the way down to obviously Oblivion, which he says is kind of a reference or seems to pay homage to two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love. Uh, you know, he says as he says, it's you know, all is not as it seems, but it's been done before, but. It's well done. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, you care about the characters. And he's right. Why watch a film if you don't care about the characters? Right, if you can't get yourself invested in it. This is what made Serenity really pop for you because it was a Western in space. And sure, all that adventure is kind of cool. But the connection between the characters is what really sold that franchise. Right. That's one thing that Joss Whedon, he, he, he can write good characters that you could, that you'll want to invest yourself into. And Oblivion, not only do we have the great character development, but he says it's beautifully written, beautifully shot. Mm -hmm. And if you're expecting a lot of Morgan Freeman, eh, maybe I'm going to put a hold in that. You get 10 minutes of Morgan Freeman, but you get 10 minutes of Morgan Freeman. Well, Morgan Freeman's not as young as as he used to be, so we should be grateful whatever Morgan Freeman we we, we do get now. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Took a little bit of time to talk about the dream device, which doesn't necessarily bother me. It sounds like it didn't bother him as much. It sounded like the girl he was actually his handler was actually was more grating than anything else. Mm-hmm. Favorite comment, but Colin, I wish I could nuke him. Right, <laughs> Colin. I mean, I wish you would just get off the fence. Of how you feel about this? this yeah, character. how do you feel about this character? But he, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to nuke him. But <laughs> anyways, so all in all, Oblivion thumbs up. Mm-hmm. It's the one you're going to see in theater. I, I'm probably going to hold off and see it in theaters. I'll probably wait till it comes available on DVD or, or rental. Uh, there's just too many movies to watch. and You're saving it up for Star Trek. Star Trek, um, Iron Man 3, uh, Superman, you name it. <laughs> you name it. Mm-hmm. You're saving it up for it. Well, mm-hmm. let's move on. We had a lot of listeners that watched Defiance. You watched the first part of Defiance. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Defiance, the first hour that you watched. Obviously, it was a mm-hmm. two-hour premiere but you watched the first hour what was going on well it starts off um that you hear this young lady doing this little narration 
it, it, it starts off in present day, but then you, you, you see these spaceships coming to Earth, and she's talking about, she's sort of experiencing the, whoever this guy's dream is, and then you see the spaceships, and then, and then you, it fast forwards uh, 33 years later. Basically, these spaceships come to Earth and kind of, um, they're, they're kind of interstellar squatters, I guess you could say, um, but they basically, you know, um, land and reside on Earth. I mean, I think I think we'll find out more how how it happened. But basically, now these aliens have integrated into our world. But there there was obviously some major conflict because a lot of this, you know, the, the city, the, the former city of St. Louis is 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 gone. Um, but so it's how humans and these other alien races kind of coexist together. It starts off with this, this guy who fought in this war and he kind of adopted this, this, this alien girl. Uh, she's probably a teenager, I guess. And they, they end up in this town called defiance. Um, and, um, the, you know, there's, there's tensions between certain, certain, um, powerful families in this city. And that's kind of where, that's where I, I, there, there's a killing that happens. And that's kind of where I had to stop because I just didn't have enough time to watch the rest of it. And so you're saying it's kind of like a sci-fi Western in some ways. There, there is a, there is a Western feel to it. I'm, I, I'm not sure how to define it because I've only seen the first half of the episode, but the, the, the defiance kind of has a frontier town sort of feel to it. If it's taking place, but it, this is definitely a, a kind of, post-apocalyptic future, but now after the fact. And so, so what sets this differently? I mean, other than the plot being no lesser city, what sets this apart from revolution? I mean, well, it's the aliens you have there. There's, there's a couple different alien groups that are, that are living on earth now. And are they all getting along or not? Um, too early to tell. Some are, some aren't. Um, there, there's tension between some human groups and some of the alien groups. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's all happens on earth. Um, I guess one of the main characters, the guy and his adopted daughter, they're kind of like these scavengers. Um, when some of the, the, when a ship crashes, that's still left in orbit. They're salvaging some parts and looking for, looking to sell it and stuff. So, um, so it, it does take place on, you know, mainly on earth and, and in a city called defiance. Hence the name. Yeah, hence the name. Mm-hmm. Well, some of what you folks, our listeners, had to say, Jim Arrowwood said, great pilot episode for what it looks to be, like to be a good series. Lots of action and characters and one that uh, that one can invest in. In this episode, there was a lot of introductions. And just when it looked like the show was about to end, there's a new thread added. The special effects were top notch uh, and the acting was well done. I'll be continuing to watch this one. So he gave it a thumbs up. Okay. What did Lee say? Lee says, not sure what I think. They throw a ton of cre- creators at us with no real background. Then they throw even more at the uh, end. It seemed to me a little rushed to get things going, but I'll, I'll stick with it for a few more episodes and see if it comes together. And that's always a good rule of thumb if you're unsure about a show mm-hmm. to stick with it. Uh, Jim replied, he said, I'd agree with you, Lee, that they do throw a lot of species into the mix in the first episode, and they are a little too difficult to keep track of. Hopefully it will all sort out as time goes by. Mm-hmm. And then Jason? Not surprising that Lost, so Eloise uh, Hawking, the ex-mayor um, Nikki, is corrupt and behind the scenes. Uh, she thinks of what she thinks is justified. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, those of you who watch Lost will get that <laughs> reference. I watched Lost, but it's been so long, I don't have no, no uh, mm-hmm. recollection of who I was. I did recognize was. one of the characters. She was H.G. Uh, Wells in uh, um, Warehouse 13. Oh. She, she plays one of the aliens. Oh, very good. And Julie Benz, she played uh, the mom in uh, No Ordinary Family. She She's the new mayor of this town. Yep, so... Uh, well, that's the same one, then, from Lost, isn't it? Well, no, there's a former mayor. Oh, and that's what they're talking yeah. about, former mayor. Yeah. You know, it sounds good. It's one that maybe I should be watching them or not, mm-hmm. and I may choose to watch it. Check we'll out later. See. Yeah, maybe after Arrow goes off the air, mm-hmm. which there's only a few episodes of that. We didn't get any new Arrow this past week. No, I, I, I don't know if... I didn't think it was it was on season hiatus yet. I, but it shouldn't be, but maybe they they took a week off to mm-hmm. kind of keep in line so they can get into sweeps month. And uh, that could be in May here, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, Doctor Who, you are not watching, but I just started watching, and um, I did not watch the most recent episode, Cold War. I did watch The Rings of Akaten. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, you folks weighed in. Uh, some people said that this, the intro to these first three episodes of this series seemed a bit lackluster. Again, as I, was, as I mentioned to you earlier, I was watching Doctor Who in the midst of this whole uh, terrible thing that happened in Boston, and it was a nice escape from seeing the images on TV mm-hmm. that I was watching. So I've been enjoying it as I kind of run on the treadmill, and it's kind of this lighthearted look, sci-fi. It's good to see Matt Smith back in the screen. I'm liking the new companion that they have. Um, so thumbs up for me. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm smack dab in the middle of the episode Cold War, which Mike Crate, by the way, said he fell asleep in, <laughs> uh, but he was watching it late at night. Yeah, so. that could even even so, the best of shows. Well, you can yeah, still do it. Yep, you can definitely do that. Right. Uh, um, but Rings of uh, Akaten it was good. Jen M had some comments. Do you want to read what she said? So Jen M said this about. Uh, on, on Rings of Akaten. Another good episode. At first, I thought it was going to be kind of a filler episode, but once uh, Clara started to tell the girl about her mom, I started to get all tears eyed. And I got to love it when he gives his speeches at the end. Always tugs at the heart. Sigh. Yeah. Mike Crate uh, said this of this episode. He said, Great start. Enjoyed the end, but the middle 20 minutes or so is pretty dull and pedestrian. Hmm. So. Uh, he's kind of, the past two episodes don't seem to be like the best episodes of Who that he's ever watched. No, you don't seem to be resonating with him. No, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, again, I thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. It's Doctor Who. It's mm-hmm. Doctor Who. It's a, that sort of thing. Um, being human, you are not watching. No, I gave I up I am not well. watching, yeah. but some of you are watching and sure. always a bridesmaid, never alive. So Jen M says, I finally got to watch it today and I have been really enjoying this show. I like the way how the show... Each show, characters even band together to help Sally fight the uh, the witches and even with this happy stuff going on. Something had to happen at the end. I can only imagine what is going to happen with, with Kenny. Jason said, I thought it was weird that Josh couldn't see Sally after she died, seeing that he had been scratched by Liam, but I guess he isn't technically a werewolf until his first transformation. And, and Jen says again, uh, Jen M says, yeah, that's what I, I keep thinking too, but maybe you're right about that. But I still love how they they were all pulling together like that, and Nora has been really open and mo- most understanding character lately too. I can only wonder what uh, Liam has in store for next episode. Yeah. Next episode, season three finale. So okay. I don't know if they that, that, I think that aired 
and uh, mm-hmm. I know we don't have any we don't have any comments on that. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Orphan Black. Let's talk Orphan Black. This cloning series from BBC, one that I am not watching. Miles, you said you're going to watch. I may check. I I, I I like anything to do with cloning and sci-fi, so I'm, I'm going to have to look into this. See if it's- yeah. So this is so. Here's the premise of the series, right? Just for those of you that may be tuning in, saying, "Ah, oh, I never heard of this." Um, so this is this is about the show. Sarah's always lived the life of an orphan outsider, but a clone is never alone. I like that. Hmm. Does that rhyme? Sarah Sarah hopes that cleaning out the dead woman's bank account will solve all her problems. Instead, her problems multiply, and so does she. Experience a whole new side of BBC America with the channel's next original scripted series, Orphan Black. The exciting and ambitious new addition to the Supernatural Saturday programming block. Orphan Black features rising star Tatiana... Masalini, Cass and Dylan on Picture Day, and the lead role of Sarah, an outsider and an orphan whose life changes dramatically after witnessing the suicide of a woman who looks just like her. Sarah assumes her identity, her boyfriend, and her bank account, but instead of solving her problems, a street-smart chameleon is thrust headlong into a kaleidoscopic mystery. She makes a dizzying discovery that she and the dead woman are clones, but are the only ones. Sarah quickly finds herself caught up in the middle of a deadly conspiracy and must race to find the answers about who she is and how many others are just like her. Uh, Orphan Black is on at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at part of BBC America and 9 p.m. Pacific Time on BBC's Supernatural Saturday. Hmm. So, um, I don't know. It uh, so it sound the premise of it sounds pretty good. Yeah, kind of a mystery suspense thing, but with the you know. With clones. And this show is resonating with her listeners. Oh, yeah. Um, Radu said, this is quickly turning out to be my current favorite genre series. I really like the story and pacing so far. Mm-hmm. And Neil says, definitely a better second episode. So so he's giving it hands up. If you're watching Orphan Black, let us know what you think. one 508 4343 You can call in and let us uh, give us your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Grimm. Yes. Uh, so Jen Ann says, there's a thoughts on one angry... Fushpa. Fushpa, okay. A pretty good episode. The lawyer had a real power and persuasion. I thought it was pretty cool how they got his uh, sweat to inject a formula to stop ju- to stop that. And Juliet, seeing too many of Nick's in, in her memories. Sheesh. It was sort of like the Wizard of Oz. Yep. And, um, and then Lee said, I agree with everything Jen said. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. As well, and love how they had Monroe chasing after the escape frog and then had to guess which one the two put the antidote into. In the end, when the lawyer ended up in jail right next to his client, that was not a happy, that was not happy, was gold. Two thumbs up. So loving it. I'm looking forward to season two. I just finished season one on DVD. Mm -hmm. Absolutely enjoyed it. It's a well-written series. Yeah, it's one Something I might have to check into. The, the, whenever I see a trailer for it, it's like this. This does look really interesting. It's you know, it's more fantasy based. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of sci-fi in it. Um, I guess unless you consider fantasy sci-fi, we're not going back into the debate miles. No, we're not. But um, the uh, it's definitely has a fantasy bent to it. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting the way they write the characters, and uh, it really is kind of a horror. It's really a crime. It's really a crime drama mm-hmm. with supernatural elements. Mm-hmm. And, um, and fantasy elements in it. And I really enjoyed it. I was really glad to watch the first season. And I can't wait till the uh, second season gets out on DVD. Good deal. Which won't be till probably December. 
September yeah. or September, something like that. It's still a ways away. Yeah. Well, I believe that's about it. Do we have anything else that we need to talk about regarding uh, our listener feedback show? No, I think we covered it today. Yeah, we got a lot of it. Let us know if you go to watch Oblivion what you're thinking of it. If you saw uh, Olympus Falling, Rising, that one with Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. But if you saw that, let us know. What shows are you watching? Are you engaged in? We want to hear from you, our listeners, about what you're watching. Absolutely. So I believe that's about it, Miles. Let's head on out of here. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at one 508 4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or send an MP3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast.com.